Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Samawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Our guest today is Hillary Anderson, Senior Sales Enablement Manager at Host Analytics. Hillary, it's great to reconnect with you. Could you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Hillary Anderson. I uh, work for a company called Host Analytics. Um, we are in the uh, enterprise performance management space, and our tools help companies with their um, various financial budget processes, forecasting, making sure um, that we can help them um, with planning, modeling, consolidating, and reporting. Um, I am a senior sales enablement manager there. Um, been at the company just shy of two months here. Um, and prior to that, I was over at a company called Hired.com, um, started in sales actually there, and then built our enablement function from the ground up. So that's kind of how I landed in the enablement world. Um, and I was in sales prior um, to Hired as well in professional sports, actually. I love that. I'm, all right, well, let's shift a little bit and, and focus just because um, you know onboarding is a huge component to a lot of sales enablement initiatives when they're first coming into an organization. So I, I would love to hear from you. What are the key components of a successful sales onboarding program? Best practice sharing, right, is really, really crucial. So we want to make sure that when our reps come in the door, they know what is best in class right at this specific organization. What is the standard way to do things? The less... Um, personal, I guess, finding out that they have to do during their ramp, the better, because that's going to allow them to really um, start driving towards their goals quickly. Um, making sure we have the right tools and content in place to allow them to drive, you know, those efficiency gains that I mentioned earlier. Um, making sure that we have programs in place that are going to give them all of the information that they need essentially packaged up to be able to start having customers, or sorry, having conversations with customers as quickly as possible. Um, the shorter that we can essentially uh, drive their ramp, um, the quicker they're going to be, you know, generating revenue. So how can we get that information to them in a way that um, is digestible, but then um, they can then take and execute out in the field independently, right? Because we also recognize that every new hire is going to need support extra support from their manager, extra support from leadership, extra support from their peers. And that does, frankly, take away um, time from other aspects of the business. But if we do it in the right way, it's going to return even more time because that rep's going to be contributing. Um, so how can we make sure that they're ready to you know, handle objections that they're going to hear? How can we also help them understand the lay of the land at the business so that they can go and find answers to a lot of the questions um, that they have themselves without having to necessarily figure out who to ask, where to find it, where it lives, how can we make it really, really easy so that they can be as self-sufficient as possible as quickly as possible. Um, I think those are some of the key components of how I think about an onboarding program. Um, and then just making sure from day one, right, we're building a relationship with every new hire so that they can leverage um, the partnership with an enablement to either get the additional training that they need or get the piece of content that they wish that they had and maybe had at their last company, right, that they feel like they're missing. Make sure that we kind of bridge those gaps and connect those tissues as much as possible for um, all of our new hires. 
Excellent, excellent. So, you know, I have a, a, a question that I'm going to try to roll into to one, but, you know, <laughs> what are um, the key competencies for sales reps that sales enablement should monitor? At the sales enablement soiree, you, you had mentioned the importance of monitoring behavioral competencies, especially for new reps, things like confidence. So um, how can sales enablement a, monitor and track that, um, and then help reps meet the competencies that the organization is expecting. Yeah. Um, so I'm a firm believer that one of the biggest things that we can drive, as you mentioned, is helping reps feel confident on the phones and confident that they can face whatever they're going to hear on, on the um on calls or even in the field, right, uh, when they're speaking with customers. Um, it's one that, to your point, can't necessarily be um, monitored from a data perspective, uh, which makes it challenging. But frankly, we're in the business of people, right, in sales enablement. Um, we're working with the sales field. So um, sometimes how they feel and arguably like a net promoter score and MPS is important because if they don't feel like they're getting what they need, again, they're people, we're missing something. Um, so we need to kind of understand why that's happening but uh, something like confidence helps us understand you know do they feel like they're prepared to have conversations or have challenges thrown at them from an objection handling perspective perhaps um, from a customer do they feel like they they knew that objection might have already existed have they at least heard someone who's good at handling that objection have they heard how they handle it quite yet? Or are they figuring this all out on their own? Um, I like to kind of think about onboarding as a whole as kind of being a padded playground of sorts for our new hires. How can they kind of start playing around in a risk-free, uh, well, not completely risk-free, but a, a risk-limited um, environment, right, so that they can figure things out, um, maybe have people around them, whether it be enablement or leadership um, or managers, right, to kind of help get them through some of those challenges, um, but allow them to kind of stumble and figure things out during that onboarding program so that when they're out and independent, right, they're not still challenged um, and struggling through some of these areas. Um, and I think we figure out how they're doing in terms of from the confidence level um, a couple different ways. Number one, it's like having conversations with managers, right? As an enablement practitioner, it's really important that we have a really strong relationship with um, our sales leaders where we can say, hey, how's so-and-so doing? How do you think things are going? Um, then go to that new hire, right? Check in with them. We should have built a relationship from their onboarding and say, hey, how are things going? What are you struggling with? What, where do you feel really strong? And see if those things kind of match up between managers um, and new hires. And if not, we got to figure out why. Um, and then do some digging to understand what they feel like they need that they're not quite getting. And is... Is, does that need to be delivered in a one-to-one -one kind of capacity or are all the new hires kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm really, really struggling with um, understanding how we position against this specific competitor. And then creating a program, right, not just for our new hires, but also for everyone to be able to kind of um, minimize that knowledge gap that may exist. Um, and then over time, we'll see as they get more and more confident, they're going to get less and less concerned about kind of um, stumbling or fumbling through some of um, the things that any new rep might um, stumble and fumble through. Um, the other thing we leverage, again, back to the piece earlier, we have a tool called Gong that allows us to um, drop in on the calls that our new hires are having and see how their confidence level sounds, right? Like actually listen to them on calls or if we can attend a meeting in person, that's also great. 
Um, but just get a good feel and actually check in right on a consistent and regular basis, um, both from a virtual standpoint as we're listening to calls, but also um, you know checking in with them one to one and having conversations so that they feel like they're supported. But we also hear it from the horse's mouth, right? Rather than assuming that they're fine or assuming that they might be struggling. Um, open up that conversation and build that relationship so that you can have that communication. Because I think um, the more communication, the better with our new hires to make sure that they feel supported. Excellent, excellent. And I mean, I think as organizations kind of conclude the onboarding process, I'd love to understand how enablement can help kind of improve continuous learning as they go out in the field. And I know you mentioned some of the forums by which you do that, but I'd, I'd love for you to explain some of the best practices that you've, you've implemented to ensure that your reps have that continuous training. Yeah, so once a new hire gets through the, our ramp period, I think some of the metrics that we want to really keep an eye on, especially over time, is um, what does the time to first deal look like across our different segments? Are we seeing consistency over the year, right? Or do we see that one new hire group might have a specifically or a particularly uh, challenging time getting to that first deal? Um, and that gives us benchmarks to kind of gauge each of our new hire groups. Um, understanding what the revenue contribution from our new reps that are right off ramp compared to our more seasoned reps. What does that look like? Um, I think thinking through um, what's their closed deal ratio as well, right? Um, in that first three months, how many deals are they or how many opportunities are they creating versus how many are they closing? Um, and over time, kind of modeling that out. So that's something that we are actually planning to kind of think through from our strategy that doesn't exist today over at Host, which we're excited about. Um, and then making sure you have things in place like certifications to make sure that standardization is in place um, so that everyone has a standard talk track, they have a standard way that they message, standard way that they demo, um, and then standard resources, right, to help them um, be efficient and effective. Um, so I think that those are good ways to make sure that you're not just, you know, launching a new hire through your initial um, boot camp or onboarding and then saying, hey, good luck. Um, but you're checking in over the course of the year um, as a way to keep everyone um, rowing in the same direction, arguably, um, whether that's a rep, again, that's been here for four years or a rep that's been here for four weeks. Like, how can we make sure that there are checkpoints where enablement's connecting with the field to make sure that um, we're making sure that everyone's on the same page and doing things in the way that we've determined our kind of um, – our methodology or our approach um, or our best practice. Excellent. You, you mentioned the, the term plays earlier. Is that something that you guys are currently building at host or maybe that you've built in a, a previous company? And how have you gone about structuring those for your reps? Yeah, so it's actually really interesting. It's an area that we're trying to think through how we can um, I guess relaunch with the splash plays. Um, they are something that's been at Hired for quite a few years, and it's essentially how the business has gone about making sure that there are, um, you know, a set run of um, or script of sorts of how we run our sales process and cycle so that there's consistency again. Um, Standardization is really, really important. Um, and so these plays have been in place. We've essentially accumulated a playbook of sorts of how we run our business in different areas where there might be opportunity or areas where 
um, we need to be aware of potential pitfalls. Um, and Laura and I are really, really passionate about thinking through how we can bring our playbook to life a bit more um, and couple those um, running plays right with examples of how they've actually worked in the real world. Um, whether that's, you know, highlighting a success story and the play that was run during that really big deal that was closed so that the rest of the field can hear the story. Um, hopefully they can be energized and invigorated by it, but also they can take away a learning that perhaps they can incorporate into um, their everyday um, sales process. Um, so yeah, we're at a really interesting point. It's um, something that we're doing a lot of discovery around right now is how can we document um, things that work and even the things that don't so that we can learn from our peers in a really scalable way um, and uh, be able to have that knowledge go forward regardless of how you know many years down the road we are. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.